definitely human. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. guys welcome to back to earth a podcast about roots i'm charlie may this is episode four it is winter and i'm on my way to talk to nigel our farm manager who's worked on the farm for over 40 years i'm hoping he's feeling a little better he had to go to a and e last week after hitting his head pretty badly putting up fences turns out the farm life is kind of dangerous sometimes he also cut his finger off not long ago so you see what i mean Hi, Nigel, you all right? Hi, sir. All right, I've been expecting you. Mum said you were cute. Right? <laughs> what are you up to today? Um, it's just a panel to replace behind you where that net is there. Because we've... Well, you've obviously seen this new door we've got there, but this panel is to go up there because this is not very successful, I said. Oh, uh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How's Good your time. head? Hey. How's your head? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's all right, yeah, not too bad. I did wash it last night for the first time, but there's a lot of glue on there. It feels like concrete. Is it separately oh, hard enough? Yeah. yeah. it's all right. <laughs> I had a similar thing with my bike accident. I had to have my toes glued. And yeah, it was the same thing. I was sort of trying to shower, you know, with my leg out. <laughs> okay, so I'm recording. You are I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I am. I'm going like, to stick it right in your face. If I make a mistake or anything, Charlotte, we can go back over yeah. it or, or David can edit it. Yeah, or yeah. Like that. No, he's so great. He, he, makes, he even makes me sound smart, so no, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've been working on this farm since you were 16? I have, yes. 1981, I started April 1981 and still here now, yeah. What was it like back then? Very different to now. Very different. Uh, there was five other members of staff when I came here. And now it's just me, and the farm's well, doubled in size, I expect. But just me here on my own now. I, I was the young, youngster when I came here, and now I'm the old man. <laughs> you started working for my grandfather as well, right? I did, yeah, yeah, your grandfather, yeah. I was here on a YTS scheme uh, for six months. It's like a trial thing, and you hope to get a job at the end of it. And uh, I was lucky enough to, to get a job after the six months. So, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. And was it mostly sort of agricultural, like, animal stuff? It was more livestock back then. Uh, your grandfather had the uh, Charolais herd here. He lambed, I think it was about 400 sheep, which back at the time was a big flock. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, even now, you know, we're talking like a 1,000 sheep, is a big flock now, isn't it? So that's yeah. how things have changed, you know? Uh, that was where I started work every day. I'd be there at half past seven, seven days a week. 
And if you were late, you got a telling off from your <laughs> grandfather. Uh, but yeah, we all used to meet down there at half past seven, do our f- things down there, then come up to here, feed the livestock here. What was the difference between when we went more um, arable? Uh, well, that was obviously as a result of the foot and mouth in 2001. Um, it changed my life. Uh, I did miss the livestock to start off with, but I do it. But I enjoy the job I do now, you know, you, you, you cope with it, you change. Yeah, I think that's something mum always says, is, you know, it was sort of the first time that we sort of got to see dad more, yeah. he was always in the sheep shed. And, that's right, yeah, there was always, you've got livestock, you were always doing something to them. There was always work, whereas like the arable side, you, you get your quiet periods in the year. But, you know, there's always work here. Mm-hmm. I, I've never been out of a job yet anyway. You did a short stint uh, scaffolding. I did, that was in 1987. I left... And the day that I left, I can remember it, David came up to me to pay me my wages. And um, he said, if it doesn't work out, scaffolding, he said, you can come back. There will always be a job here for you. And here, here I still am. Yeah. <laughs> so I left, uh, I think it was October 87. Uh, within a month, your father rang me, he wanted a field plowed, and I was back here working. So, <laughs> so I didn't really leave, did I? Not really. Yeah, I feel like you've always been on this farm, you know, as if it was your own. You're always here and you know exactly what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, I can remember you know, yourself being born, Harry being born, you know, <laughs> so I, David's father. Yeah, there's been a lot of changes along the way. And I think all for the best, really. That's my opinion anyway. Mum said when you were in the hospital the other day, he said, what's your occupation farming? And then what's your hobby? Farming. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly what I said. Yeah, I haven't got a, a hobby or anything like this. Work. I, lo- I love my work. I'm very lucky. Uh, I do love my work you know I don't feel that it is work yeah uh, I love my job that much I'm here every day seven days a week and it, it doesn't worry me at all talking of more change what do you think about me coming home and changing things and mum's spoken to me about it um, she's given me a few of the ideas that you've uh, thought of and whatever and yeah I'm, I'm all for it you know what you want to do it's, it's your farm you know so you know I mean yeah I've Let's hope it all works out and, you know... We'll we'll need your help to make it succeed. (laughs) You didn't tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be needing to teach me how to do hedge trimming and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I'm sure I can pass that on to you. That won't be a problem, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that because, yeah, I feel like, you know, left here when I was a teenager and I sort of remember things, but other than sort of helping with lambing and whatnot, I don't actually know the sort of nitty-gritty of farm life. Yeah, I'm sure you'll adapt to it. I mean, you're like your mum, aren't you, and, and, and dad, you know, I'm sure you'll adapt to it fairly quick. She's amazing, actually, seeing her sort of walking around the farm and she's really confident now, and, yeah, I think dad would be really proud of her. 100%. Yeah, I mean, I know it, it knocked mum hard, it knocked everybody hard when uh, you lost your father. Um, you know, I miss him greatly. Fantastic man. And, um, but no, I'm sure you, what you do, you'll, um, he'll approve of. So, so thought I'd talk about foot and mouth. It's been brought up a couple of times on the podcast. And for those of you who wouldn't know anything about it, I thought it was probably worth addressing. It's a bit of a bummer to talk about. Don't really like talking about it, but I think we can't really continue without talking about it. Cheers. Yeah, this is going to be fun. This is not going to be fun. 
So foot and mouth was a highly contagious disease that spread through cloven-hoofed animals. Basically, it affected the livestock that we had at the time, which was sheep and cattle. There was a big outbreak when I was a kid, and it affected the whole of the UK. I remember my mum telling me that... I think I was in my bedroom and I remember mum coming to the door being very tearful. It was sort of the first time I think I'd ever seen mum cry and saying they have to put down all our animals. My dad brought each and every animal into that world. For him, it was all sentimental. Every single animal that we had on the farm was precious to him, um, you know, and must have been really hard for him. Because it was that tie to his family, his tie to his father who died when he was very young, um, when he was 30, 35. The reason why we had to have our animals put down wasn't even because we actually had foot and mouth. It was because the farm next to ours was thought to have it. And then it turned out later on that the next door farm didn't even have it. So all our animals were just slaughtered for no reason. We had the biggest farm or it was the easiest to get to or something. So once all the animals were killed, they were put on a giant pyre in one of our fields and all the animals from neighboring fields were added to the same pyre they were left there for days before it was set alight and so the smell of rotting flesh was so bad that my brother and I were sent to live with my auntie and uncle in Somerset because once they did light the pyre it was just the stench of like rotting flesh for just miles and miles so <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty miserable um and even talking about it you know it's it's just so depressing i mean that uh that pet sheep charlie that i was talking about yeah he also died um was put down you know to go from having such a lively farm of lambs in spring and cows and you know hearing the sound of them bleating and um running around and then for it to be absolute silence and it was the first time I saw my dad cry, which he was from a very Victorian family and never showed any kind of emotion, really. You know, obviously love and things like that. But, you know, he was a very sort of like quiet, you know, he he was not the type to um, cry or get upset or be overly emotional at all. And yeah, I was thinking the other day, you know, that's always stuck in my mind of being like, it's the first time I ever saw my dad cry and how traumatic and how terrible. But it was also the first time I ever saw my mum cry. And it's kind of weird to think, is that something to do with um, the society we live in, where if I see a man cry, I'm like, oh, my God. But if I see a woman cry, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Was it because it was so unexpected? I think, I mean, it's one thing to tell a child that, you know, all the livestock on the farm are going to be killed. There's a sort of disconnect, I think, with kids and death. And I didn't really understand. You know, when my mum told me she had tears in her eyes and she, you know, her voice broke when she told me that, you know, they're gonna have to kill all our stock. And I remember thinking, oh my God, that's terrible. But you know, not really understanding. And then when I came downstairs and saw my dad sort of head in hand slumped over his desk looking out the window with just tears in his eyes and just completely destroyed me because I suddenly realized, you know, here's this like figure in my life that, you know, is so like steadfast and strong. And, you know, the head of the household, and he was very much like that for us. And, yeah, to see him as well just broken down and crying, it just, yeah, ruined me. I mean, up until only like five years ago or something, when you searched our house on Google Maps, it had an aerial shot of the farm with the pyre of animals still dead in the field and you could see all the tracks and you could see just this giant pile of dead animals from aerial space they've changed it now but i was like oh god what miserable like memory yeah there's no nice way of saying it there's no easy way of talking about it um do you want to sort of do you want to just like end on a joke or 
Oh, I'm so bummed out now. I have some wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but yeah, the farm changed forever and everything I knew of it as a child and everything my whole family knew of it, it we had to completely do things differently. You know, these things happen in life that you can't control. COVID, etc. I guess is another thing that we're going through now, but it does feel like, you know, things happen in life that are totally out of your control, but there's ways that you can do to pivot and kind of survive. So the weather at the moment is so nice and mild. Last week it was really cold. We had Siberian northeasterly winds um, and we saw temperatures of minus eight, which we've never seen, which I don't remember ever seeing before in England. Uh, but this week it feels like spring has arrived and it's so nice and mild. It's a balmy 10 degrees <laughs> heat wave. <laughs> It's literally raining right now. We're standing in the rain, but it's so lovely. Everything is sort of coming into bud, and um, there's... What are they called, those yellow flowers? I forget. Prim... No. Are they primroses? <laughs> Why would I know? Because <laughs> you're from the country, too. You know. They were my grandma's favourite flower, so... Oh, I should have known them. Yeah. Because <laughs> me and your grandma were tight. You were tight. Um... So there are primroses in the hedgerows, snowdrops, daffodils are starting to shoot up and they're going to come into bloom any time now. The whole garden back at the house is awakening. Um, it feels really nice to actually be in the countryside and witness this moment of change uh, when everything's been sort of dead since we arrived and now we're seeing all this new growth. I'm really looking forward to getting stuck in in the garden and um, becoming more self-sustaining, planting um, fruit and veg, um, I think starting with onions and carrots and potatoes, um, kind of hardier root veg, I think you start and plant in the springtime. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing that with mum, buying the seeds, um, germinating things in the greenhouse and planting them in the garden. It's kind of funny, actually, because last year I helped her um, just before lockdown one in March, I came down to Devon and helped her tear down the whole sort of garden that existed there before because it was too much work for her to deal with on her own with like running the farm and everything. So we were just going to gravel the whole thing and pave it and just make it a really nice walled garden with like cut flowers or something. And then I decided to come back to the countryside to live. Um, and now I'm obviously available to help out on the veg patch and I very much want to be um, 
involved in what we're planting and everything um, and putting in a dedicated sort of day a week. Why are you scowling? Are you just no, listening? Just <laughs> okay, <things>. sorry. <laughs> sorry, I don't look at you when I'm recording. <laughs> um, what? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to being more proactive and hands-on in the garden and actually getting green-fingered because no matter how hard I tried in all our London apartments, I just killed everything because, I don't know, the pollution in the air, the terrible soil quality... Um, the rats that would literally dig up the roots and eat them and just kill everything I ever tried to plant. So <laughs> so I'm looking forward to starting again in Devon and actually dedicating um, a day a week to um, planting and nourishing and picking and learning about gardening. You're starting to worry me. You're sounding a lot like a hippie right now. That's all right. I mean, I'm not a hippie, but I do want to plant our own veg how amazing will that be though to actually be eating veg from the garden that we've planted ourselves that will be fully organic um i'd like to get some chickens that would be great we could rescue some battery hens give them names like terence and maud mm. <laughs> what, what are you doing well i just wanted to get inside the tree because i mean Okay, yeah, definitely not a hippie, but you want to climb inside a tree now. No, but it's so amazing. There's this giant tree. I mean, it's absolutely covered in ivy, which maybe was the thing that literally tore it apart. But you can see the inside of it. It's kind of been, it's as if a giant has just grabbed it and just sort of split it open. Um, It does kind of look like it's been, no, it doesn't look like it's been hit by lightning. It's not dark enough. But anyway, maybe it's been brought down by the ivy. And I just wanted to get inside it because it looks so cool. But I think lots of bugs live in there, so I left. (laughs) David's looking so embarrassed to be married to me right now. Well, (laughs) okay. Well, obviously that was a joke. David's lucky to have me. Join me next week for a very special episode when my mum tells me off for all the mistakes I've made on the podcast so far. Fun. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast and on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod. Music is by John Day. Artwork is by Eric Chow. And this episode was edited by David Knight. Endless thank yous to those guys and to Nigel, of course, for letting me distract him from work. And of course, thank you, you out there, for listening. And if you're supporting us on Patreon, stay tuned for our after show series, hashtag farm life. This week, we're talking about what it was like to grow up on a farm. Spoiler alert, I had no friends. <laughs> no human ones, anyway. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Definitely Human is a Back to Earth production. Nope. Back to Earth is a Definitely Human production. Okay, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 